Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello to Matt's Movie Lodge. I am Radon Chong. I want to send love and light to you all at this time. And now, by the power vested in me, I summon the Lodge Cast. The Lodge Cast is a little podcast where we watch weird movies. So you don't have to. The Lodge Cast, baby. Lodgecast, gonna smoke this. Lodgecast, listen, movie pass. Lodgecast. We're gonna watch some crap. Lodgecast. And then the Lodge Master chats. With Lucas and Bishki. Episode 96, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Hello and welcome to another edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishki. Oh, real good then. And Brother Lucas. Oh, gee golly, don't you know? Hi there. <laughs> Everybody's trying out their Midwest accent. Tonight, we have someone who's actually from the Midwest, just like Bishki. It is Sister Emily's grand return. Ooh. Men find me disgusting. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> and also back for more on a very special episode, Brother Josh. Josh. I'm so freaking excited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The movie, if you haven't figured it out yet, is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. That's the title of the movie. That's the movie we saw. And Wow. There's so much to say about this movie, but before we dive in. Bishy, what's that shot? From Rotten Tomatoes, take a trip and break out of your shell with Bob and Star. From the gals who brought you Bridesmaids, co-stars and co-writers Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo comes Bob and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Lifelong <laughs> friends Barb and Star embark on the adventure Coast. of a lifetime when they decide to leave their Midwestern town for the first time ever. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all you need to know. That's all you I need. mean, that schnapps doesn't even begin. Doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what the hell this movie is. So, Josh... You're the one that brought us here tonight for this film. You specifically said, Barb and Star, I want in. So what were you expecting from this film going in? Like, did you have any expectations whatsoever? Um, I mean, honestly, I just saw a lot of tropical print and Kristen yes. Wiig in culottes. And I was instantly like, <laughs> holy shit, yes, this is absolutely what I need. And I remember like seen this trailer like a super long time ago. Like I felt like it took like a very long time for this movie yeah. to actually reach us. Kind of like um Promising Young Woman too. Like it, mm -hmm. it felt like 20 years ago, which probably, you know, is like six months in quarantine time. Um, <laughs> right. And I, yeah, I, I've been jonesing for this movie for quite a while. Just from the font and the colors alone, you get, 
you get a vibe. And the very first thing you see is a dictionary definition of culottes. So if you look at that and you're in, you're in. But I also fear that if you look at that and you don't connect with culottes, I don't know if you're going to get in. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. But Sister Emily, I heard that you have watched this twice Yes, I I paid 20 bucks for it last weekend and then I watched it again uh, midweek. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, all, all for the Lodge cast. I wanted to keep it professional. Um, I did. I did fall asleep a lot the first time I watched okay. it. So, OK, I was, was wondering if there was a sleep component. I, I didn't watch it twice, but it took me two separate sittings to get through it once. Now, Lucas, listen. I want to have a little bit of joy here with this. I want to have a little bit of love and light before we rain on their vacation. So at least try to present a semblance of impartiality for a little bit, just a little bit as we get into it. I can see on Lucas's face, we're probably in the same banana boat here, but anyway. Oh shit, okay, all right. Let's approach this professionally. Mm. LT's old nemesis Lionsgate <laughs> is behind this. It, that's always strike one with a movie when it's Lionsgate. And I have to say, like, we, we saw this movie Locked Down, which was one of the worst movies I've ever seen for many reasons. And this is the ultimate colorful antidote to Lockdown. Like, whether you like it or not, it's an explosion of joy. And we don't get a lot of that now in, in this day and age, especially with the movies that we're getting, that we're being force-fed via VOD. And also... This movie is silly. It is silly. Silly in a way that I didn't even think existed anymore. Like, I was looking for Austin Powers creeping around. Like, what did you guys think when we went into this underground supervillain layer one minute into the movie? Uh, Austin I was, Powers. I was so bummed by that. Yeah, I immediately oh, no. <laughs> it was such an Austin Powers ripoff. Like, I mean, even like the... What is Dr. Evil? I mean, she looked like Dr. Evil. She kind of yeah. had, she had like the, she was training mice. It was kind of like the sharks with lasers on their heads type of like thing yeah. going on or the genetically modified mosquitoes. I, I could have just eliminated that entire aspect and just had Barb and Star go on a vacation and meet up with a man and kind of toggle between that. And I, I, I think I would have loved the movie. Yeah, sure. Josh, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep Bishki and LT in in the stable just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. We're gonna let you out, but Josh, I mean, love and light. Like, what what were you thinking? Oh yeah, I mean, like so. Actually, it's funny that we we start with the supervillain because actually that might be my only qualm with the movie. Um, sure, probably way different than anybody else's because to me. It was a very um, Isabella Rossellini in Death Becomes Her moment, you know, where she's mm, like mm -hmm. all glammed up. She has a super cool outfit on. You know, she has this crazy like haircut with like the vampire. Did you things. know it was Kristen Wiig playing the supervillain? <laughs> it wasn't until we saw Star and then we went back to the supervillain. I was like, oh, sure. she has like crazy upper teeth on. And that's why she looks so funny right, right. now. Right. So I I was into the super villainous. Um, full disclosure: I've actually never seen an Austin Powers movie. 
Um, oh. So I didn't have like oh, that baggage oh, associated oh. with it. Oh, um, wow. My but, sweet boy. We have know, some movies to watch. I know. Cinefest. Oh, behave. Um, <laughs> they'll make you horny, baby. I've seen enough trailers. I can get the gist. But, uh, <laughs> but so with the super villainess, my only qualm, and maybe I'm shooting my shot early, she didn't get enough mm. outfits. Like she had oh. that one look that entire movie. And I was like, Great point. If you're so drag queen about it, like have like you gotta at go least all the way. Like you gotta go all the four way. Four outfits, you know? That was like the biggest letdown of the film, especially when we get so many cool looks from everybody else. So many awesome Absolutely. like tropical print and culottes. And that would have helped her differentiate about Dr. Evil because she kind of wore the same suit. That Dr. Yes. Evil wore all the yes. time, too. So that would have been nice. I agree. All right. Lucas and Bishke, how how long into the movie before you guys were having problems? Uh, I, yeah, I, so I, <clears throat> the first sitting um, <laughs> was on my projector. I was projecting 1080p, like yeah. over, over 100 inches, easy. Uh, yes. And the, the aesthetic, it, it's crazy. Like my projector's so vivid that like sometimes it looks like a hologram or everything just looks fake. <laughs> like it all just looks like green screen where I actually, my naked eye has trouble differentiating like what is practical and what is a, a stage because like when I started watching. And what was the edible that you had eaten? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had been vaping and drinking cider for sure. sure. Okay. But it was so garish and bright and like a uh, ice capade stunt show, like in Vegas, like it just looked like a, a, a Vegas slot machine graphic, like, like video game cutscene. Yeah. Is that wrong? It was not easy on the eye. So like, I would say like 10 minutes in once. Yeah. Like that really funny kind of clever cold open with the, the kid on the bike, the paper boy, like singing the song and like going to the tree. Like I chuckled at that, but then like once it turned into Austin Barbara Powers Streisand and, then I, and Barry Gibb guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I met Barb and star. I was like, oof, like, oof, like I just felt like losing. I get, I like kept taking more and more wind out of my sail. Bishki. Um, I was kind of dreading this film. Um, <laughs> Pishki, come on. Oh. I saw the trailer, I, and I just felt, I just got an Adam Sandler comedy vibe from the trailer. No. Like, what? Like, it's such a different type of silly than Sandler. Uh, it's a Cancun getaway movie, but like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, the Wrong Missy? The Wrong Missy. You know, everyone wants to go to Cancun and have a vacation and make a movie and that kind of thing. But... I can't say I'm a big Kristen Wiig fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's not a popular opinion. Bridesmaids, I finally saw last year for the first time. I'll give it two bones. Oof. But uh, <laughs> Emily's shaking her head. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not wild about the wig. She has a certain type of comedy that you're either with it or you're not. It's kind of Apatowian where she'll keep throwing shit out and it's supposed to snowball and get funnier. And if you're on the ride with her and she's just doing take after take, joke after joke, quip after quip, then it's great. But if you're not on the wavelength, you're never going to get on the wavelength. And that's pretty much this whole movie to me. Someone on Letterboxd said that it's like a Muppet movie where all the Muppets are played by humans. And I think that's pretty accurate. Hmm. Like there are song and dance numbers just out of nowhere. It's I would hesitate to call it a full-fledged musical, but 
there's a lot of musical trappings in this. Like if you're if you're a fan of musicals, you will get that itch scratched. And it's got Jamie Dornan, fresh from Wild Mountain Time, <laughs> which is a much better fit for him here than it was back in the old old Irish country. I will say um, his performance in Barb and Star is way more convincing than his performance way in more. Wild Mountain Time. It feels like a much better fit for him. Yeah. But nothing could have fit in Wild Mountain Time. Anyway, we, we don't need to go down that route. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we meet Barb and Star... They hit you with a with a strong whiff of Midwestern thick accents. What did you guys think when we first meet Barb and Star at their job at Jennifer Convertibles? I can bring some love and light. I, I Jennifer Convertibles, hello, funny. Like I, I don't want right? to explain the right? funny in this movie, but there were some really funny aspects, and that would be the first one that hit me. I've been obsessed with the elegant font of the Jennifer Convertibles signage, <laughs> like since I was five. So. When I saw that they were working at Jennifer Convertibles, I was with them. Wait, this is a real store? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing. Yeah, I think think my equivalent is like living spaces. (laughs) Living spaces. Or actually furniture. Jennifer Convertibles is way, way more modest. (laughs) But always had this air of classiness where it's like, when I found out what a futon was, I'm like, if I ever can afford a futon, I'm going to Jennifer Convertibles. <laughs> like, also, as someone who works in a corporate, like, you know, retail environment currently, like, the whole joke about how, like, yeah, um, they closed, like, seven months ago, but didn't actually tell us. Like, that is <laughs> right. fucking hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah. Because also, like, that is something that you could see happening. So you're with it, Emily, at least in Jennifer Convertibles. I was I, I was ready to go along the, with the ride. I was glad that we were out of the lair. I think that there's <laughs> elements that I yes. would have just wanted toned down. I didn't think you needed a definition of culottes in the beginning. If you don't know what culottes are, I don't think this movie is really for you. Oh wow! Um, okay, it's, it it, it would have just played way more funny if you if the jokes were just inserted rather than kind of shoved down your throat. Um, but no, I was wow. I was on board. I mean, they can't. At first, it felt like it was like, have I seen these characters before? Were they like, was that an act? That's kind of like how they first presented to me but then right. I, I got on board um and immediately kind of felt a familiar presence of having that girlfriend that you could just you I mean I took a trip with a friend to Iceland and we talked on the plane the entire time um I don't know if that's a female thing but I think yeah, they're like right. Kristen <laughs> Wiggs like how she presents female relationships can be really on point okay that's that's cool i mean it does feel like an old like a time honored like shtick that they've been doing for years in casinos or something you know it does and speaking of bridesmaids wendy mcclendon covey has a little cameo that kind of sets the plot in motion she's all tan and she's just come back from this resort and she lets them know you know this is the place to be And Emily, you're absolutely correct where that's all we really need for this movie. Like we just need to see these two very insulated women just get out of their shell and get their groove back. Like it puts a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat to make the plot as complicated as it turns out to be. 
So Lucas, when you could sense that the plot was in motion and they were going down to Florida and they have a grand musical number, what were you thinking during that? Oh, you were just rolling yeah, your eyes? So, you were just I was so, so not into it? I was so bummed. No, like from the get-go, like I wasn't really into it. And <laughs> I like just, yeah, I was just like, man, this is not for me. Not in 2021, not in this era, not like not like in the last 10 years, like maybe in the 90s, you know, like in the Dumb sure, and Dumber. Pre 9-11. Yeah, like the Wayne's World Dumb and Dumber era, like the SNL area. It just felt like a, a thin SNL sketch that I was trapped in. There was no commercial break. <laughs> and what really added insult to injury was like, yeah, when they checked in, like we're talking 25 minutes into the runtime, all of a sudden boom, there's this big La La Land musical dance number and it is painful. Like it is a sock to the gut. It's like, you just tricked <laughs> me as a bait and switch. Like if you're going to make a musical, you open with a musical number, cold open like La La Land on the freeway to let the audience know like this is the movie we're making. So get ready. Okay. But for Barb and Star to open it like Austin Powers and then kind of go into this like, yeah, Fargo-ish, like, like relatable comedy. And then all of a sudden it's this musical, like, no, like, no, like I am not, I didn't, I did not sign up for this. It's a kitchen sink comedy. They throw literally everything at you to see if it sticks. And, you know, if a fourth of it sticks, then you're laughing, you know? But if you don't let them into your heart, you just won't be laughing. Listen. I knew you were dead by that point. I knew it was over. I knew you were out like shout. And I, I just, I placed us in a movie theater. I'm like, if we saw this in a movie theater, I'd be sitting next to Lucas trying to keep him awake. And I'd be gripping the mini spritzer bottle that I had in my pocket, which we did buy <laughs> right before COVID hit. Yeah. Bitsky and I both had spritzer bottles Still to in my spritz car, yeah. you <laughs> if you fell asleep. We also have air horns. Weren't you going to poke me with toothpicks too? Wasn't there like a shark? We are going to poke you. We are going to do all sorts of shit to you. And I could hear, I could clearly hear your deep guttural sighs in my mind. And I'm like, he would have sapped all the fun out of it for me because he'd just be like, uh, and he'd be covering his face. And I couldn't allow myself to laugh at any of these dumbass jokes. And then I looked around and I'm like, you know what? As much as I miss that sweet boy, he's not here. He's not signed. Oh, I miss you too, Lodge Master. I miss you all. And I can I can allow myself to enjoy this a little bit. I know. So I watched this totally alone and I watched this in a dark, dark mood. Like, I'm just not having any fun. It's a huge musical number. And the, and the joke, in case you missed it, was that they're checking into this big fancy hotel, but then they realize they made a reservation at a place of the same name, but it was the motel. motel. And they they don't have a room there. And then they have to go to their <laughs> shitty place. That's funny, right? Absolutely. And like the guy playing like solitaire at the bottom of like the empty pool <laughs> was just pure gold. Like, I, oh, I was so obsessed. Yeah. This movie, like, you don't even have to be following the plot. You can just look at all the little details that they have spread out for you. And you can you can tune in and out. It's not forcing you to do anything other than just maybe smile once in a while. <laughs> I can see how it might be nails on a chalkboard for some. But it commits so hard. It has to be worth something in this day and age. Yeah, I thought the seagulls at the beach song was like worth the price of admission. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Basically, what develops is a love triangle with Barb and Star 
and Jamie Dornan, this quote-unquote super hunk. And again, that's all you need. You don't need this subplot about like the supervillain about to unleash mosquitoes to kill everybody because she hates the town from some trauma from her childhood. Like you don't need any of that. You just need this love triangle where Barb and Star love each other, but they're also trying to get laid and they don't want to hurt each other's feelings. Like that is so, that is such a target rich comedy environment. And they, they already have all this wacky shit going on. Anyway, Jamie Dornan sings this beautiful song on the beach and it ends with slow motion of this seagull walking away. And then there's an iris transition in the shape of said seagull that takes us to the next scene. I've never seen that before. Like, I, yeah. I you know, that's something new. Yeah. Like Jamie, <laughs> Jamie was just 100 percent committed in that scene like <laughs> yeah. he was I, so happy to be back from wild mountain time he was so happy to be in i Florida. had to watch it a couple times it was amazing was anybody having more fun on set than jamie dornan in just that scene i don't think so because he was loving no. it like just dancing his ass off like just selling the hell out of that musical number and i for one yeah believed him i believe that he was Truly torn. It was like peak, like corny, like musical, like what's the what's the ABBA musical? It was like it, it felt like that. Mama, Mama Mia. Mia, yeah. And Mama Mia, here we go yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a Mama Mia moment. Hashtag Mama Mia moment for for a man singing about how much he loves two women. It was so gay. I was like, this, <laughs> yes. this is this this is straight allyship from from straight men. That is exactly what I want. Yes, is like just yes. Just who cares about the camp factor? Once COVID lifts, I'm going to be out there doing that beat by beat. I'm going to <laughs> walk in his footsteps. I'm going to pretend to play the saxophone just like he did. There's what I consider to be a great scene where they all three of them order a giant drink with treasure at the bottom that's just drugs. And <laughs> the bar, they they impress the bartender. But if you listen, if you guys could see Lucas's face right now, it is I know, so bored. It is the most literally yawning. It is the most deadpan, <laughs> stoic, just concrete face. But the they drink it right away. It's like this giant, like not even a fishbowl. It's like a fish tank. They drink it all. It's bright blue. And the bartender's impressed. He's like, did you find the treasure at the bottom, the pills? And they're like, yeah. And then they just, they have this crazy dance scene in the dance club <laughs> to a, like, a, like a techno techno remix of My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. So like, Pishki, like what? <laughs> like you didn't, you didn't wiggle your bottom at all during that? Like what, what's going on? Sorry, sorry. Hmm. Just nothing. You're just flatlight. You you saw all that. And you were like, nope. I don't want to rain on this parade. Just keep going with the love. <laughs> Though actually, second minor qualm of the movie was the fact that it's not actually Celine Dion singing My Heart Will Go On. There is a very good techno <laughs> remix of that song. I should know. I've heard it in clubs a lot. So I'm, I was a little bit bummed they didn't get Celine Dion. They must not have been able to afford it. I need to seek that out, the real remake. They probably asked Celine Dion to be in this, and we'll, we'll get to the character that she probably was asked to portray. But Godfather 3's very own Andy Garcia shows up as Tommy Bahama <laughs> to woo Barb with his mystical wisdom. Was that sexy at all? 
for anybody? I mean, I, I laughed my ass off in the beginning of the film when Wendy's telling them about this place and the men, Tommy Bahama, and they, they both repeat, <laughs> Tommy Bahama. Oh. Oh. I mean, like yeah. a sexy echo. I thought that shit was funny. So yeah, I was really excited to see Andy Garcia. <laughs> what did you guys think when Star meets a crab named Morgan Freeman with a D who speaks to her with the voice of Morgan Freeman? They actually got Morgan Freeman. Was that pushing it too far? Or were you guys like, well, are we nodding along with that? For Lodgecast movies that I feel like are kind of happy Madison productions, which I felt this was pretty close this to. Isn't a ha- God <laughs> damn it, Bishki. That is rude. <laughs> Bishki's only seen one Happy Madison production. I saw two. I saw two. I saw two last year. It's two. That's nothing. There's hundreds of them. Anyway, for comedies like this, I try to play a game in the Lodgecast where I try not to laugh. I'm just like, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Well, then you're fucked, dude. But I did laugh once. Morgan Freeman (laughs) talking crab got me. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. That's, That's something. Yeah. You laughed when you realized it was really him? Like, what, No, I what? knew it was him, but it was more the when the Shawshank Redemption theme came in and he started to, like, yeah. talk about how he was going to go into the ocean and die. Like, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Lucas, Morgan Freeman, the crab. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't laugh at that, but... Uh, no. Any laughs, LT? The, the only laugh I remember was the very beginning with the kid lip-syncing, and then, like, all of a sudden, he's riding his bike out of a suburban neighborhood down, like, a dirt road, and then, like, across a field, like, under this, like huge vista of a tree, and then he gets to the tree, and this, like, owl, like, suddenly turns its head and, like, scans him with lasers, and I laughed at that part because it was so ludicrous, you know, or I was I not right. expecting it, like, at all. That's the part that you laughed at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't... I think he needs to watch it again. I think we need to run it back. Run it all <laughs> I, back. I, no, I, uh, I don't, I don't need to. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move, move on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the wackiness ratchets up considerably in the final 30 minutes, and that's when this covert, like, bullshit plot really takes over, and I was, like, less and less interested in the last 30 minutes. Again, trust your characters, trust your two main characters, trust Jamie Dornan, because he's down to clown. He's down to do anything for you guys, and you don't need anything else, but we're dealing we're dealing with all this bullshit. Josh, did you get any nutrients from the last 30? Or Because I think you're a little more forgiving than, than we're being. I don't think I was as engaged with that as I was with the rest of the yeah. movie. Like, I love their antics about, like, sneaking out at night to go hang out <laughs> yes. with Jamie. Um, especially how, like, they, they literally have the same scene with him, with the same people yes. in the background, despite it being, like, hours apart. And then, yep. like, the whole lie about, like, <laughs> how, like, she was in the, like, bar was in the bathroom the whole time. And S- Star was, like, walking along the beach and hanging out with a turtle or something. Um, yeah, a lot of turtle talk in this. Yes. And also, I would love to point out, like, shortly after aforementioned club scene, Barb and Star have a threesome with Jamie Dornan's character. I know. They And they do. are just, like, totally okay with it. Yes. Like, that is sex positivity right there. Like, that Absolutely. is just being, like... 
you know, have a threesome with your best gal pal and it's totally fine. Like, let's go back to talk about hot dog soup the next day. No, I love it. <laughs> and the morning, the morning after it cuts to them literally stacked. <laughs> you know, that was funny. On the bed. <laughs> With Jamie Dornan in the middle. I wanted it rated R. I wanted rated R. Well, I thought this was rated R. I can't believe this was PG-13. Because it, it felt, I mean, it felt naughty, but also innocent at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you this know? wasn't a Netflix original movie. Yeah, it felt Netflix, but anyway. It does. I'll give you that, Lucas. I will give you that. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is, Emily's not having it. There is a crouton at the end. Crouton alert. So earlier in the movie, the ladies, when they're when they're on the plane and after the plane for a long time, they're just chatting about their imaginary friend slash ideal woman named Trish, who has all her shit together. And at the end the embodiment of the ethereal Trish emerges from the sea and ends up saving them in the end. That's what kind of movie this is. This movie is just bonkers. And Trish, of course, is portrayed by none other than Reba motherfucking McIntyre. Randomly. That's who I think they probably asked Celine Dion to be. Yeah. And if Celine Dion appeared as Trish. That would have been perfect. That's a full salad dragon. Reba McIntyre. We give a crouton to. For a second, I thought it was Trisha Yearwood. I was like, "Is that Trisha?" Because I don't, I don't know how Trisha Yearwood looks, but I know she's a country singer. I was like, "That would make sense." <laughs> it probably would have made a little more sense. <laughs> yeah, like this made no sense, but that's also what this movie does. It it will gleefully not make any sense. <laughs> and again, they don't make movies like this anymore. I was totally blindsided by how wacky this was. But what did you guys think of Reba McIntyre showing up as like a water nymph? I don't have much of an opinion on that, but I I laughed for days thinking about, you know, you keep saying kitchen sink and it's like, I think that maybe people don't like it. Like they wouldn't really understand like a, a crafty piece of like embroiderment or, you know, something that's just like really intricate because I think that this, like some of this funny is layered, like their Trish character, the yeah. conversation on the airplane, Trish ends it's up deep. killing herself. Like, that's funny that their (laughs) ideal woman kills herself. Yeah. Let that sink in, Lucas. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) They start tangents and they follow them all the way down against all better judgment. Like, they commit. They commit to every single bit. Mm -hmm. And I got to give credit to that. Like, come on. Who else is putting themselves out there this hard? Don't fucking say Adam Sandler either, because he's not committed. <laughs> no, he's committed to his off-screen vacation. A good alternative for me was um, the lady in The Wrong Missy. Lauren Lapkus. Lauren Lapkus, I thought, made me laugh a hundred times in that movie versus this. I'm just, but that's just, you know, it's comedy. It's subjective. I just don't, I, it Wig, is. Wig and her friend, I just didn't vibe with. But if you're play, if you're over there playing games, trying not to laugh... You ain't going to laugh, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to let him into your heart. Just love what happened to love and light, man. You having sleepovers with Lucas? Like, what's going on? I grinned. <laughs> Y'all need to find your shimmering on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Get your shimmer back, boys. Hey, if that was Celine Dion coming out of the water, I would have clapped. Okay. All right. Well, we're finding okay. little, 
little slivers of uh, of common ground here. Barely. <laughs> barely I, don't, I don't think barely. I need. I don't think I need to extend a handshake and try to compromise no. on this. <laughs> no, no, these guys aren't budget. We're gonna have. To. Well, I'm very curious to see what happens when we go to them, <laughs> Barb and Starbones. Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, Emily, come on. What, what's going on here? Oh, you're going to make me start first. Okay. I thought we were yeah, going to start it off. First no. you point out the dirt and then you clean it up. But okay. Um, <laughs> I, I Now I feel like I need to defend this movie probably even more than I would have. I know, right? right? Because I was. You and me um, both, sister. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with it being like the Austin Power element. So I, I think that, you know, I, I will always go and support Kristen Wiig because I actually do find her funny and her comedy partner. Um, but there was elements of this movie that I laughed. I watched it with with my husband and it definitely helped to have another person around. We were both yeah. like having some some big chuckles. I think that uh, the the color saturation was wonderful. It reminded me of a place great. called Miami Subs growing up. Uh, that <laughs> I know Miami stuff. Okay, good. At least somebody knows it. I wasn't sure if anyone would remember that place. I mean, we're from the same town, so it was it was pink and teals and and lime yeah. greens and very exotic. Yeah, just so exotic. I enjoyed that aspect. I thought the some of the musical numbers. I mean, I'm not a musical person, but I thought that seagull. Uh, seagulls on the beach thing was was hilarious, and um, yeah. I liked the antics that they got into. I I liked that that twist that they had the threesome and they were suddenly just both Craven, uh, Craven the dude, <laughs> <laughs> but then also yeah. just openly discussing about how hard they were going on one another the night before. So um, absolutely, I will give it uh, I will give it two and a half bones. That sounds good, Emily. That sounds really good. I like how you arrived there. I like that Miami Subs was involved. <laughs> oh, Lucas, let's let's do it. Let's do it, man. Yeah, you know the uh, the old saying. It's the uh, the the Lodgecast job to kind of screen these movies. You know, screen them, walk through the fire, and it's these bonker filmmakers that light the flame for us. Um, and I, yeah, I guess just like that's what of, we always say. Yeah, I guess like a year of lockdown <laughs> has really um, shaped me and given me this like serrated edge, like this corroded, uh, like calcified, <laughs> just bitter, serrated, rusty edge that uh, definitely edgy AF. That yeah, that that no uh, good thing can can come into contact with because like I'm just like not in the right headspace or mood for this, I guess. And you're right. If you're not right. on board from the opening get, it's going to I had like an allergic reaction to it. So the first time I, I watched <laughs> it was like a Tuesday night after work projecting and I just had a really long day or a bad day or whatever. And, and by 40 minutes in, it was the second musical number. I just noped out. I was like, I got to turn this off. I can't oh. I can't be in this 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 place right now and then <clears throat> when i went back to it uh, a couple days later i watched it on my laptop i was like i gotta i gotta oh, have this Jesus, on a, the on disrespect a, on a smaller screen because it's just it's just uh too much barb and star in my galaxy 
and I'm not a fan of musicals. I guess that's a big, big sticking point for me. Um, it just, it hurts me. And I'm not yeah. a fan of Jamie Doran. I, I think he's just like the luckiest guy ever. <laughs> I don't know how he beat out like other Irish people for Fifty Shades of Grey. Like if I was an Irish person, I'd feel really bad because he beat me. Um, <laughs> Emily's not but, not digging it, not picking up what you're laying down. But yeah, I, I, I just wasn't laughing. Like it just all kind of fell flat for me. And I hear you guys talk about it being committed, but it just wasn't like it didn't feel committed. It felt kind of like like I think Bishke said it felt like they just wanted a vacation. So let's let's go to you the You guys Bahamas are in fucking or, sane. Or, That's Caribbean and, fucking and, and shoot this Cancun. on some jet skis. It's not a vacation. No, it's we'll a Cancun vacation. It'll be and everyone and will love mathematics it. behind this so i i gotta give this a woof mm -hmm. i wouldn't I, I would rather watch vacation videos of someone else wow. the woof rut barb and star don't want you or your woof <laughs> <laughs> they have no use for your woof all right joshua come on now so as a longtime fan of the golden girls um Yay! i was instantly drawn into this aesthetic um, you know, obviously a movie can't be all, you know, capital A aesthetic, a visual tone will only go so far, but what kept me was, I think the production design is so effing good on this movie. Like, I think just looking from a purely costuming standpoint, like someone designed all these outfits. Lovingly. These, yes. These outfits are so good. And it's. I, to me, it, it in a in a world that we live in and a culture that we're experiencing, where like you know, '80s throwback is so cool, and like you know, all the Gen Zers are into like the '90s or whatever. Like, it can come mm -hmm. off really like formulaic or or boring or like too stylized. I I thought it was a really good recreation of of a certain feel and a certain look, you know. It, it was that very Absolutely. like wicker furniture and you know tropical prints and pastels and like it's definitely a spiritual descendant of the Golden Girls. Like it worships at the throne of the Golden Girls. Yeah. I I was thinking I was like I could see like Rose Nyland and her sister like on a vacation in. Why wasn't Betty White in this? Uh, Why wasn't Betty White in this? That one's missed opportunity. Exactly, yeah. but I, I yeah I was I was from minute one, just fully engaged. I don't think at the very least I ever stopped smiling during this movie. Sure. The evil genius stuff is kind of like meh. And I thought like, you know, it, it dragged in places a little bit. Like I was, I, I started to get taken out of the experience of the movie. I laughed so hard at this movie. Like I don't think I've laughed this hard in a minute. And unlike LT, it was kind of like a good, antidote you know to me it was a nice like escape route like things have been like so dark and so like dire it makes lately. you at least feel like you're outside even when yeah. you're not you know i felt it, like i was out at the beach for a lot of it point a fan at your face you could you could trick yourself and like i was living so vicariously through them you know like i miss hanging out with my friends you know i just want to go yeah. on a vacation to some like super cheesy Anywhere. like place in <laughs> Florida and like drink a fucking 20 gallon tank full of like alcohol and like yes. see, have that pill and like dance my ass off to Celine Dion, EDM rhythm mixes, you know, like that's, <laughs> 
that's what I want to do. And this this movie let me live that in the most fun way possible. Yes. And yes. I it is pure joy. I give that a three and a half bones. Yeah. Three and a half. Whoa. Boom. Nice. That's huge. And I think you have a great point there where it's like, if we could actually go to that bar with Lucas and Bishke and have that good time, that would make all the difference. Like that's 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 what we're all yearning for right now. And I wish this movie could have provided that escape for you boys. But Bishke, what are you gonna do to this? Well, what are you love, gonna do to this? Love right and now? light, Josh. I hear you. I would love to go to Cancun right now, um, <laughs> which is where they shot it. They were in Florida, I guess. I kind of feel about Wig the same way I feel about Will Ferrell. Now, mm. Will Ferrell now. I used to be a, I used to be right. a Will Ferrell fan, but Eurovision Song Contest things have put, changed. Kind of put an end to that. I just I just kind of feel like they're on autopilot. Like she's she's everywhere all the time. Wig. She's making movies annually, and and on SNL and whatever. But I just don't. This felt like Eurovision Song Contest where it was like a satire without any target, you know. I, I And I guess it was just a fun, silly movie. What was it satirizing? Uh, well, it's like Eurovision Song Contest. Or was it satirizing? And if there's no target, you know, like Borat. It's like satirizing like conservative Midwest values or something in this really kind of like crazy, sinful, you know, paradise. You guys have strayed so far from the path. There's no edge there. So there's no there's no not, edge. There's no satire. Anyway, um, say your piece. So anyway, it just felt autopilot. So it's a satire, but there's no satire. It just felt <laughs> SNL sketch on autopilot. Diet satire. Uh, <laughs> I did laugh once at Morgan Freeman as a crab. That's good. Um, <laughs> Emily. I mean, both these guys can't name one time that a woman makes them laugh in this film that is woman-driven. Hey, you know, I, I will agree, like, it's probably more directed at women. Like, just like the movie Step Brothers with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell is more directed at dudes, you know? Fair. Um, so that's and I hate that movie for the record. I hate that movie. I don't of particularly course, like course. that movie either, but I did have some laughs, more <laughs>, laughs at it. Um, How many bones? So I, it's hard to have total hatred in my heart for this movie by the end. You shouldn't. No, I don't. Uh, it hit all the beats it was supposed to. And I do admit with Emily that they put a lot of work into the script. Like there's layers there. I just didn't laugh at them. One bone. But they're on autopilot. Oh, One Jesus bone. Christ. All right. One bone. Krista Wiggs not on autopilot with this movie. She obviously believes in this character. She believes in both these characters. Both these women completely believe in these characters. They just happen to be annoying for a lot of people and really awesome for a lot of other people. Like, that's what it is. You can't say they're on autopilot, though. That's not what this is. They are committed. This is a committed comedy they go all the way. If you're in, you're in, big time. See Josh. If you're out, you're way out there. <laughs> you're way past any sort of safe swimming zone. That's Lucas. So I, for one, had a great time. It was color, it seared my eyeballs in a great way. I love seeing these sassy ladies get their shimmer back. I don't need like a third of this plot so that's going to dock it a little bit for me. 
But any movie that uses Grace Jones's cover of Tomorrow from Annie gets at least a full bone. So I'm landing this banana boat at two and a half meaty bones. I want to go up to three just to spite you boys, but I got to be honest, <laughs> two and a half is where I land. And I think, listen, if you're looking for something fun to watch, you're going to have fun if you let them into your heart. You just got to go in knowing you got to open all your chakras and let them waltz right in and they'll make you smile. I promise you that. So there we have it. Contentious Barb and Star. I'm just so confused. Like, Lucas, what is a funny movie to you? (laughs) I don't know anymore. You know, I don't know. I think laughter died, you know, with the pandemic and COVID, like half a million Americans dead. And there's like new variants. And like, I I don't have the vaccine yet. I'm trying to get the vaccine. But I can't like, you know, lie my way to the front of the line. Right. Because then I'm taking it from essential workers and like first responders and people with pre-existing okay. conditions, well, I, I, didn't but, like, I can still die. Right. I thought we were all created equal. I thought I had yeah, the same job, values. <laughs> what we're going to witness on this podcast is an amazing arc for young LT because you've heard ridiculous highs from him in the past, just giddiness. And this might be a low point. We're at the bottom right now. It's a cocoon. <laughs> it's his blue period. This is so fucking blue. And then once things start opening up and shit starts a popping and we get audiences back and we go to Tuesday night discount night, you're going to see that joy flood back in and we're all going to ride that wave. And it's going to be beautiful. I'm looking forward to that. But I, I celebrate every form that you appear in, Lucas, and I love you. So thank you. Josh, did you have something to say? Oh, um, I I was going to say just a comment on the the low bone counts. Like, I truly, I don't, I, I don't, I guess, understand necessarily uh, how it could be viewed as like a, a potential satire. Like, I guess I was confused on that. I know, right? To me personally, um, and you know, art is subjective. To me personally, I feel like they're just like doing something silly. Like at first I, th- I thought they were SNL characters that just got a movie, you know, like it was right. like MacGruber or something. And I was like, is it does like, feel that way. I was like, was the sketch like they hang out and talk? Like, is that what's going to go on? But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just saw they're like, let's make these characters. Let's put them in some situations, period. And they drank a bunch of wine and wrote a script. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's not really a satire. I guess I just generally like my humor a little Darker? I don't know. I don't know. Trish killed herself. Trish killed herself. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and she's reborn as Reba McIntyre. Listen, we're going to find out what everybody likes. We're going to dial it all in and we're going to figure it all out. And this is just part of the incredible journey that we're on. And I love that we took this one together. This is a great group. And I wish we could just hit the club right now all together <laughs> and just dance it fucking out, you know? Yeah. But... We'll just take a little rain check on that. (laughs) Call into the hotline, folks. We need folks to call into the hotline. Lines are open. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your sweet, sweet voice. And we want your bone counts. We crave your bone counts. Friendly operators are standing by. (laughs) (laughs) Sister Emily, Brother Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lodge fam. Love and light. Love and light, everybody. Find your love and light on the horizon. Shema. It's time to hear from callers on the LodgeCast hotline. 
If you've got a quick movie review or a question or comment about the LodgeCast, leave us a voicemail at 1-877-565-1466. You can also email us a question at movielodgecast at gmail.com, and we'll try to answer it on the air. And don't forget to hit us up on Instagram at Matt's Movie LodgeCast. Now let's go to the hotline. What's up? It's Brother D. I just wanted to leave hopefully one of the first messages. I think this idea is four bones. Love and light. Oh, hi. How are you, LodgeCast? This is Brother Justin calling from Palms, California, to leave a little bit of a hot take on Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I guess it's more of a cold take because this movie wasn't funny at all. No, no, sir, not funny. I'll throw it a bone for not being a remake or a sequel, but that's about all I can do for this one. It was just not funny. Lodgecast, Brother Zach. I just got a few birdies in my ear telling me to call and uh, drop some dimes on Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. So what I have to say, uh, the talking club, the talking crab, not one but two Christian wigs. If a movie can make me laugh this much at home, think of the force of nature it would have been in theaters. <clears throat> I read someone describe this film as aggressively stupid. Yes, deliciously aggressively stupid. I paid $20 to rent this movie and I would have gladly paid $20 more. I slid off my couch three times in fits of uncontrollable silliness. Three and a half phones. That's my take. It was delightful. Delightful.
I'm not wild about the wig. 